Hello, and welcome to the Canine Conversations podcast, where we are positively obsessed with dog behavior. Join us every episode for practical and thorough explorations of dog behavior problems to help you and your dog live a better life together. Welcome to the inaugural episode of our new podcast. We wanted to take a few minutes to introduce ourselves to you and let you know what to expect with our podcast before you dive into our first few episodes. My name is Kayla Fratt. I am a certified dog behavior consultant and the owner of Journey Dog Training. I grew up training chickens, pigeons, and rabbits for shows with 4-H, which involved using a lot of patience and treats to teach those animals to tolerate and participate in a whole bunch of exams in front of a judge. I got my real start in animal training with racing homing pigeons back in 2007, and that bird bug hit me pretty hard. I've worked with free flight kestrels and some other falcons, as well as several parrots. I have been training dogs since starting journey dog training in 2012. At the time, I was a freshman at Colorado College majoring in biology. I really loved working with dogs hands-on from the start, but I didn't really want to be a dog trainer at the time. I really thought that my calling was in research and kind of viewed dog training as a weird way to use my degree in biology. Um, I turned out to be pretty wrong. Instead, I spent my summers researching primate stress behaviors at zoos and interning at the Cheyenne Mountain Zoo. But around my senior year, I started taking classes like cognition, learning theory, and cognitive neuroethology. I dove way into the psychology department. Around that time, I started shadowing two different trainers. One was this hardcore old Polish dude who trained protection and IPO dogs, and the other was this little rescue called All Breed Rescue and Training that really specialized in pulling behaviorally unadoptable dogs from shelters. And the other was this little rescue called All Breed Rescue and Training that really specialized in pulling behaviorally unadoptable dogs from the euthanasia list at other shelters, and then training them, getting them the behavioral help that they needed, finding those dogs homes, and then supporting the adopters later. Um, when those dogs did go home. And I got totally hooked on working complex dog behavior cases pretty much from the beginning. At the urging of one of the trainers at All Breed Rescue and Training, um, Miguel Gonzalez, I applied for a grant from Colorado College, the Keller Family Venture Grant, to go to the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. That was a big turning point for me, but I still didn't really see myself becoming a dog trainer. I still kind of expected myself to become a researcher, uh, maybe looking at dogs, Uh, But maybe not. I was pretty interested in birds at the time and just really saw myself going into kind of that research academia route. I continued training dogs this whole time after class, both with all bird rescue and training and then also doing some private day training, mostly with dogs with arousal issues and other high energy dogs. Right after college, I got a job doing communications with an environmental political nonprofit, but left the job shortly after the 2016 election basically because I got a call from Marissa, one of my other co-hosts here. Um, I'd put in an application to become a behavior technician under Marissa at the Denver Dumb Friends League, which is the fourth largest animal shelter in the U.S. And um, honestly, I just really missed working with dogs hands-on, and I just wasn't ready for a desk job. So I took the job. Um, My job at Denver Dumb Friends League was working hands-on, training all sorts of dogs and cats to help get them ready for adoption. It was a pretty similar group to the sort of dogs that I've been working with at All Breed Rescue and Training. So these were animals that were behaviorally not ready for adoption. And there were some really, really intense cases that came through there because um, Denver Dumb Friend League is an open admission shelter. So we just took in everything. Um, and when you've got you know over 20,000 animals a year coming through a shelter, you see just about everything pretty quickly, um, which was really, really amazing for me because I got to see such complicated cases so early on in my career. Um, and one of my all-time favorite parts of working that job was 
uh, I would get to spend time working with prospective adopters to help them understand their animals and the needs of the animals and help people decide whether or not um, a behaviorally challenging animal was going to work in their homes. Both of my co-hosts, um, as I mentioned, also have ties to Denver Dumb Friends League. So um, around that time, I joined the International Association of Animal Behavior Consultants. And um, just now, uh, in 2018, I became a fully certified member. So now I'm a certified dog behavior consultant. Nowadays, I spend most of my time uh, writing about canine behavior as a freelance writer for outlets like Canine of Mine, The Spruce Pets, and Terrain Dog. I also offer remote behavioral help to people around the world via ongoing email support and doing one-on-one -on -one video calls. I'm a pretty huge science nerd. Um, I just love research and how it can help be us become better trainers. And I'm actually still hoping to go back and uh, put some of my, uh, my passion for science and research to use later on. Um, as far as behavior issues that I like working with, right now my favorites are dog hack introductions and resource guarding, but um, my real passion is kind of with those high arousal, barky, lungy dogs that, um, yeah, I love those guys. <laughs> um, and really the root of my passion with dog behavior consulting is really helping people um, who can't afford an in-person dog behavior consultant. That was where my shelter time was so, so great. And that's part of the reason that I really love doing remote stuff as well, because I can keep my prices lower. And that's also part of the reason that I'm so excited about this podcast. I currently live in Mexico um, because I can work wherever I want as a freelance writer, and uh, that's where I've chosen for now. My location will probably change by the time you guys hear this, though. I share my life, my car, and my trip with my boyfriend, Andrew, who is a digital marketer, and he's also a great cook and um, an excellent co-pilot on our trip. Uh, but my real partner in crime is my dog, Barley. Barley is a five-year-old border collie that I adopted from the Denver Dumb Friends League while I worked there in 2017. Barley is a fetch maniac who really loves going for seemingly endless runs and hikes. He and I also dabble in nose work, herding, and agility. He's a certified canine good citizen, a intermediate trick dog, demo dog, conservation detection dog in training, and also does some allergen alert work for my boyfriend who is allergic to peanuts. Um, but that is enough about me and my dog. Let's hear from my co-hosts. Uh, Ursa, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'm Ursa Acri. I am a certified dog behavior consultant through the IABC and a certified professional dog trainer knowledge and skills assessed through the APDT, as well as um, a certified fear-free trainer. Uh, I began training about 18 years ago. Um, I moved into my own place and adopted a puppy who I named Ruckus. And Ruckus was the first dog that was really just mine and not a family dog. So I grew up on a farm, spent lots of times, time with horses, dogs, and cats. And my childhood dog was a golden mix named Sunny, who I sort of casually trained, like not really knowing what I was doing. But I remember building like this ratty makeshift agility course on the farm outside our house with like chairs with brooms across them for jumps and hay bale weaves and that sort of thing. And I kind of like half lured, half dragged her through it. <laughs> and she was very tolerant. <laughs> so when I got Ruckus, I really wanted to do things right. I bought a book on dog training and it was The Power of Positive Training by Pat Miller. And I just devoured it. I read it cover to cover in like a day, put it down, emailed her immediately and asked her to recommend a trainer in my area where I could take some group classes with Ruckus. Um, and so my guess is that she went to the APDT website and just found the first trainer in my area. And it was a lady named Linda. So I signed up for some classes with Linda and a few classes in, um, I, I took several series of classes with her and a few series later, she said, you know, you're not too bad at this. Would you like to 
be an assistant trainer. And I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I would love to. Um, I wasn't really ready to go to college. I'd kind of been putting it off and it sounded like a fun thing to do. So I did it. And little did I know that that was going to launch a career for me. Um, I apprenticed with her for about a year and then started teaching classes at a local chain of pet stores. And um, just spent the next couple years learning everything that I could from books and seminars and conferences and, and working with other trainers. So one of my longtime students was affiliated with the Kentucky Humane Society and told me the behavior manager position was opening up. And I applied thinking like, there's no way I'm going to get it. And I got it. <laughs> so I was absolutely floored. I didn't even negotiate for salary. I literally just accepted the offer because I was so excited to be working in that capacity for the biggest shelter in Kentucky. Um, I spent almost four years there, mostly running the external uh, side, doing classes and private lessons and education for dog owners. And I did work some with pre-adoption dogs, um, but mostly did training and behavior modification with already owned pets. And I learned a ton. Um, I got my CPDTKA there in 2007. Um, sometime early, earlier in my career, I think like 2003, I had attended an APDT conference here in Denver and just decided that I had to live here because it's amazing. Um, so after several years at KHS, when a position opened up at the Denver Dumb Friends League, I applied and was hired on as the behavior manager there. So I spent two years there managing a staff of eight trainers and about 120 volunteers. And that was an absolutely incredible learning experience. It exposed me to a lot of things I don't know that I would have had the chance to have experience with otherwise like cat training and sh doing shelter relief work and assisting with spay and neuter and um, just a ton of different stuff that really, you know, just boosted my knowledge and experience in general. Um, and, you know, the learning opportunities at a well-run high volume shelter are almost limitless and I consider my time there absolutely invaluable. Um, but from there, I took a position with Hills Pet Nutrition in Topeka, working as a behavior tech at their nutritional research facility. And it's a state-of-the-art research facility where they do feeding trials on the foods that they make. Um, so 450 dogs live there, mostly beagles, which I thought the universe was playing a really cruel joke on me because I was not super fond of beagles before I took that job. <laughs> but my job there, aside from helping run the feeding trials and collect data, was to help train the dogs to do scent discrimination tasks where they would smell three or four different foods and then indicate which one they liked best. So we could kind of... Um, take that data and help understand which foods were more palatable. So we even did it with cats, which was awesome. And my cat training experience from the shelter helped me a lot in that regard. Um, I also did a ton of husbandry training. So teaching dogs to cooperate in their care, like blood draws and grooming and that sort of thing. And then of course, a ton of enrichment. Um, so also a, an opportunity for me to learn just a lot. Um, we missed Colorado though. So we moved back in 2015. And since then I've been working in the private sector primarily doing in-home training and behavior modification with clients. Um, I started Canis Major Dog Training in 2016, and I convinced my best friend Kimberly to quit her high-paying job as a project manager and join me. So we're three years in, and we just opened up a huge training and behavior center right in the middle of Denver, where we're offering group classes, board and train, and still doing private training. And it's this huge, exhausting endeavor, but we're super excited, and, and we can't wait for um, things to get going there. So this year, I, uh, also this year, a big year for me, I got my um, certified dog behavior consultant certification from the IABC, which I'm really proud of, because as you know, Kayla, that application is a, a beast. 
Um, I really love working with behavior modification cases, especially aggress- aggressive behavior. Um, but I've definitely got a thing for puppies because it's so nice to work with a clean slate and get them started right. Um, my weird secret love is teaching healing. I love that sort of precision behavior, but I don't do it much because I don't think most owners really need that level of skill from the dog. Um, so, you know, just sort of my guilty pleasure, but I'm really excited about having an agility course at the new training center. Um, I have not competed in agility and I'm not, I don't have any dogs titled in agility, but I love teaching owners and dogs agility for fun. So I can't wait to get some dogs out there to run around on the course. Um, when I'm not training other people's dogs, my hands down favorite pastime is running off into the mountains for a road trip or a hike, um, with my husband, Andy and my son Fox, and usually one or two of our three dogs, Mina, Nico, and Zip, um, who are really not that well-trained, but very well-behaved. And I think it's an important distinction. (laughs) I don't spend as much time training my own dogs anymore, but I have shaped them to have good general behavior. So um, that's me in a nutshell. Marissa, let's hear your story. Hi, I'm Marissa Martino, and um, I'm the owner of Pause and Reward Dog Training in Boulder, Colorado. Um, I have copied Ursa, and I actually was also the behavior manager at Dumb Friends League, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, I started out my uh, career, I was working in New York City for Martha Stewart Living, um, doing what I went to college for, which was design and noticed that there were a ton of dogs in Manhattan and I and I wondered every day if there was an opportunity for me to be able to work with them and I reached out to a variety of different dog professionals from groomers to daycares to trainers and fortunately I reached out to this one trainer that had gone to the Academy for Dog Trainers uh, at the San Francisco SPCA She and I met for coffee, and she told me all about this industry, from animal sheltering to dog training um, to behavior modification, and I left that coffee date and called my father and told him I was moving to San Francisco to do the Academy for Dog Trainers, um, and he nearly lost his mind. And um, I did. I actually applied for the program. I saved up and I moved across the country and did the program, Um, graduated with honors. And um, from there, I knew I wanted to go into animal sheltering. I felt I was I was very drawn to that. I was really excited about that. I was excited to be part of an organization. Um, So for the past 11, coming up on 12 years, I have been um, working in animal shelters in Colorado and California. So uh, at the Humane Society of Boulder Valley, I was their first behavior and training coordinator um, and helped co-create a lot of behavior modification programs with my uh, previous boss there. Um, So I was there for two years and then I moved back to California and I was the director of behavior and training at the East Bay SPCA in Oakland, California had the privilege of living in San Francisco for five years, and that's where I launched my uh, private practice, pause and reward dog training. So I would see private clients um, and work with um, anywhere from puppies to fear to aggression. Um, And so I did that uh, on my nights and weekends, and then during the day I was at um, the East Bay SPCA working with volunteers and developing 
behavior modification programs for the animals in our care, including dogs and cats. Um, I then decided to move back to Colorado. I have some, I have a, an interesting sort of love affair bouncing back and forth between Colorado and California. Um, I moved back to Colorado um, to be with my partner, Scott, and um, I was hired as the behavior manager at Dumb Friends League in Denver, Colorado. Um, and so I was able to uh, manage a staff of seven people um, and work with about now it's up to 300 behavior volunteers, which is kind of an insane amount of people. Like Ursa mentioned, that experience was hugely invaluable to me because um, I was able to work with a variety of people learning how to uh, work with some really challenging cases. Dumb Friends League is an open admission shelter, which means that we are not going to turn any animal away regardless of their behavior. Um, and so you get to see some pretty challenging situations and you get to work with some complex cases there. Um, and because of all the resources and support that we have, we are able to do some amazing things behaviorally with some of the animals that come to us. Um, and so for the past three years, I have been doing that. Um, and I just recently switched to um, becoming the uh, community liaison within that organization. And so now I'm, I actually have, I consider one of my dream jobs where I am traveling to other shelters around Colorado, especially in rural parts of Colorado, and I am helping elevate and educate them to get them to their, to reach them to their full potential. Um, and so I love doing that because I'm interacting with uh, other shelter folks and providing them with resources that they may not have had previous. Um, and, and since Dumb Friends League has so many resources, it's just such an amazing opportunity to be able to share this knowledge and resource connection to folks that wouldn't necessarily get that opportunity. So I'm hugely grateful for this new role. I am still operating Pause and Reward. Um, I offer private training to folks in the Boulder area. Um, and I'm also doing, uh, launching some online courses soon. I do a lot of workshops where I'm teaching people in person. And I do a ton of public speaking, um, whether it's shelter related or whether it's uh, training and behavior related. Um, that is my passion. I really love to be in front of people and um, teaching. So I, uh, a little bit about my education and certifications. Um, so like I said, I had graduated from the Academy for Dog Trainers in 2007. Um, I'm also a certified professional dog trainer knowledge assessed. Um, and I get my hands on any other continuing education that is out there, whether it's seminars or expos or um, even webinars, podcasts. Um, anything else that I can expand my knowledge to help both dogs and their people. Um, my favorite behavior issues to work with um, are fear, um, because we see a lot of that in the shelter, and I feel the most comfortable with that particular behavior concern, even when fear can tip over into that confrontational place. Um, I, I really love working with clients and teaching them how to um, be able to support their dog by understanding where their dog is coming from. 
Um, I also love to work with puppies because like Ursa said, it is such a clean slate. There's so much to download to the the client that has the puppy and um, they're just really excited because every week is different and there's lots to do and so that's a really energizing area for me to work in um, and the most important topic that I love to talk about with my clients is their relationship with their canine and how they can um, expand and connect with their canine but then also with themselves. So the people I share my life with include, like I mentioned earlier, my partner Scott, um, his two amazing daughters, Ella and Kaylee, and my beloved dog, Sully. Um, he's a 10-year-old Black Lab Pyrenees mix. He has taught me a ton about who I am in relationship with him and who I am in relationship with other people around me. Um, it has been such an enlightening process that I actually wrote a book about it. Uh, it's Human Canine Behavior Connection, A Better Self Through Dog Training. Um, and that has been um, an amazing opportunity for me to be able to process my experience with my dog um, and be vulnerable and share that, that personal development journey with the rest of the world. That's enough about us. So why are we making this podcast? Um, I think we all have our own reasons for why we're so excited to be here, um, but we're all super driven by our love of helping people work with their dogs and understand their canines. Uh, we've all had experience working in animal shelters like we've talked about, and we have firsthand experience dealing with some of the hardest aspects of when dog behavior goes wrong. Our goal is to bring you really practical and thoughtful information on your dog's behavior and how to work with your canine even better. We'll focus on behavior problems for the most part, but we also might touch on obedience from time to time. Yeah, as Marissa said, our main goal is to help you take steps to help your dog and yourself. Um, and while this podcast isn't a replacement for seeing a professional trainer like us, you can reach out to any one of us for help if you're really stuck with your dog. We all offer remote behavior help and we're happy to help connect you to another trainer in your area. We're definitely plugged into what I would say is a nationwide network of trainers that are just eager and willing to help people. So the podcast will come in a few different formats. We're going to have some episodes that feature two or three of us chewing over a specific question or problem or theme. And our goal is always going to be to end those episodes with some actionable tips for you and your dogs, if that's uh, something that's relevant to your life that you're looking for help with. Um, other episodes are going to feature two or three of us going over a complex case study. Um, this might be a current client that one of us is working with, or it could be a listener submitted question. If you have one of those, you can email us at hello at canineconvos.com if you'd like for your case to be featured. Finally, some episodes will involve a guest speaking to one or more of us. We're all really focused on bringing you the best information that we can, and that means trying to bring in the very best experts that we can find on canine behavior. If you're an expert who'd like to be on our show, please feel free to get in touch with us. The best way is email at hello at canineconvos.com. And we are just so excited to get started. Be sure to tap subscribe to have all of our episodes automatically downloaded to your feed as soon as we put them out. You can also find further reading for each episode and more information about us at canineconvos.com. That's canine, all spelled out, C-A-N-I-N-E, convos, C-O-N-V-O-S.com. 
Ursa, do you want to let listeners know where to find you? <clears throat> yeah, you can find us at www.canismajortraining.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram as Canis Major Training, and we're spending most of our lives right now at our training center in Denver at 601 Bryant, where we're offering group classes, private training, and board and train. Awesome. You can find myself, Marissa Martino, at uh, www.pauseandreward.com. That's P-A-W-S-A-N-D-R-E-W-A-R-D.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook under Pause and Reward. And again, I'm Kayla Fratt of Journey Dog Training. You can find me on YouTube or Facebook under Journey Dog Training. And I also blog really regularly at journeydogtraining.com. Thanks for listening. Our theme music is called Funny Song, and it's provided royalty-free from bensound.com. Our logo is from Walker Hooper, who's on Instagram with the handle at walkers underscore username.